0: Are you a professional optimised business? Time to look at Northern Peugeot Bandura to further professionalise your fleet with their updated commercial van range. The team at Northern Peugeot Bandura can help customise your fleet to your business needs. Stock arriving now, so secure your van and beat the rush before the end of financial year madness. Visit northernpeugeot.com.au or call 9119 9008 t and Supply. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Don, welcome to Football Nation Radio.
1: Thank you very much for having me, George. Appreciate Did you it. like
0: that little intro? We've there's a there's a show on Paramount Plus, of course, and Channel Ten, which is of course the the home of football in Australia, uh, the commercial home of football in Australia, and they're running a show called Rabbit Hole, and uh Kiefer Sutherland is the star, and I, I'm I'm sure there'll be a Donald <laughs> Sutherland uh, opportunity for him to front somewhere in the show, uh, but to I actually have Donald our Donald very Sutherland. own to have our very own Don Sutherland join us is great. <laughs>
1: does it i do appreciate the uh the intro does it help that my dog was called kiefer uh, oh get out many is, that, years ago? is that right yeah yeah that, nominated by my uh my niece uh at that stage that i seriously thought you know that's a ridiculous suggestion until i walked around with it so yeah we were we were don and kiefer sutherland when we went to the vets and uh that raised a few eyebrows that is that
0: is that is sensational i like lo- um how old is your niece now She's about thirty. Oh, too old. I'd embarrass her. She'd be uh, yeah mid mid thirties. Let's go mid thirties. Well, tell her Tell her She has a lot of class because that's a great name for a dog. Hey, Kiefer, come here. <laughs> well done. Now, speak to us, Don. Uh, welcome. Welcome to the program. Um, for us, it's it's exciting when there are initiatives happening that uh, you know make a difference in that in the marketplace that is football. Uh, where did this idea come around? to create something uh, like the Football Supporters Association of Australia?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I think, um, a scenario that's probably d- developed in the background for, for many years. You know, football fans are, uh, uh, was it, uh, it wasn't Bill Shankly that said it's a game of opinions, but, um, <laughs> you know, that you, you throw any group together and uh, and there are multiple different opinions within within that group. And that's... That's what we like to do to challenge each other and to, to understand direction and, and uh, preferences, et cetera, within, within football. But more specifically, this really came about in, uh, in recent months following what was, I think, a decision uh, generally not well um, uh, received by the football community, which was the shift of the uh, A-League's grand finals to, to Sydney. And um, I think at that point, if ever there was a trigger that was going to ignite a voice, that's what it was. It's not to say that there aren't multiple voices, but what we wanted to try to do was to bring together a group that we could put into a solid structure. Uh, thank you for picking up on the ink after the name. It is an incorporated entity, but, you know, that's not just cute. It's about having governance and about yes. having appropriate structure um, because this is something we don't want to be a flash in the pan. We want it to be something where the positions in, in, of the office bearers will be up for uh re-election at at any point in time um and and, you know that journey could go for as as long as your your show of six years or as long as the pfa of over 30 years or you know they all start somewhere right so um but our most important uh goal is that we seek first to understand and, and then be understood so we need to be sure that this isn't about 11 or so people who are great football minded wonderfully passionate committed you know, people, as are almost all that attend games and play sport uh, and coach teams in football, et cetera, et cetera. But rather than assume that we have a full grasp on that, we need to understand what the football community expects. Not assume, not think that because we feel a certain way that that's representative of the, the masses. But we need to, to send those tentacles out to all levels of the game. That's, that's men's football, that's women's fo- football uh, at all ages, from senior right down to formative developmental years. It's everything to do with um, making sure that we've got local government support in terms of, you know, there's even the discussion with with, um, the Women's World Cup, as you mentioned, some of the training facilities that were offered to international teams, they simply don't have the female changing room infrastructure and and someone's got to fund that, you know. So um, this isn't about a game located in a city at a given point in time. It's about making sure that firstly we understand what all football supporters across Australia um, consider to be important, that we hear all of those needs and then we prioritise them. And then we do whatever we can to be a voice within the football infrastructure within Australia mm-hmm. to be heard. Because at the end of the day, football supporters, as I think we all know, but can sometimes be lost in the noise, are paying customers. Where are the people that sit in the stands, stand on the terrace, um, pay fees to, to have um, you know, kids, family members play the sport, uh, make huge time and and um and financial investment to to follow the game we love. Um and I have said to somebody recently that, you know, in business, if I knew that a customer group decided to come together to tell the business what it is that they really want, you know, how many companies would kill for that? That that's what they would love. So I want us to be a voice that is truly representative. Uh of the football community, and that we get a seat at the table where we can share all of those thoughts, opinions, priorities, needs, wants, desires. Now, at the end of the day, somebody has to listen to that and then act upon it, and, and that's incumbent on others to do. But we will be doing a disservice if we don't make sure that we know as much as we possibly can about the the needs of the football community, of the supporters. And even when we get there, as we well know, it'll change. It'll change because an event, a game, a season, a transfer, a a summer signing, you know. Uh, so we've got to be current. And we've got to stay up to date with with the latest changes, etc.
0: Commendation, I like that very much. Pukua's got something for you.
2: Uh, I was just wondering, Don, how did this like? Obviously, the the big change that happened with the grand final announcement. Mm. How did it? You find the groups of people to create uh, this uh, good and, to go, and go forward with this idea?
1: Yeah, look, a very good question, and one that I think has got. Um, ramifications for how this this association will continue to evolve because it, it isn't a closed forum. It isn't something that was started by a group and no one is entitled to participate. So there was a an interim working group uh, that came together across I think three states, I may be wrong, it could be four, but three states. And um, th- they recognised that there was a need to try to recruit people who could form that, that uh, inaugural committee And so they put out through various social media forums expressions of interest. Um, Like pretty much everyone else I know, I'm a passionate, committed football fan. And I saw this and sort of, you know, who are they and what's it all about? And do I really want to get involved with it? And um, it's, it's pretty much been why I've got involved in football all my life, because you can either roll your sleeves up and get involved or you can sit on the sidelines and be critical. And so, you know, I sort of dragged myself by the collar and said, you need to do this and and sign up and, and enroll. And before I knew it, there was a, a group of probably about 12 or 13, maybe 14 people, uh, male and female spread across uh, five states of Australia, whose um, passion, commitment, knowledge was was really, really clear. Um, and it was felt by that uh, initial working group that we've probably got a core, diverse group of people that we can at least start this off with. And um, so then we we met every Monday night for, um, I'm going to say, about five, six, seven weeks, um, went through um, the constitution, went through agenda setting, went through goal setting. Um, and, and I think it's really important at this point to say that people want to know what does the FSAA stand for? What are the goals? What are the... In in truth, they will change. You know, we -hmm. we have healthy debate on things because it's about football. And if we were all vanilla and we were all the same and we were all, you know, for a start, there's only going to be very few people that would align with that because football opinions are so significant and diverse.
0: Graham Kennedy used to say... Graham Kennedy used to say... Sorry to interrupt there. You always used to say, um, you can be black, you can be white... Please don't be beige. So when you say <laughs> vanilla, I, I hear you loud and clear. And you are right. It's about uh, views and how they mature, how they change, and how they yeah. fit. And as Pakura will tell you, um, she's part of uh, the, the team at uh, Paramount+. Plus. She's understood the journey for our Liberty Women's. Uh, she was the one that said to me, now, watch what's going to go on here I think Ante Juric and Sydney are going to be right there or thereabouts. She said to me, Melbourne victory may well be the big spoiler. And sure enough, she said, watch out for Western United. And how's it turned out, Don? What a final we've got. We've got a grand final of Sydney with a tremendous team, uh, and and the emphasis being on team, and uh, Western United that have been uh, in their first year just mighty, and resilient, mm. and resilient.
1: Sure, uh, yeah, a wonderful first season uh, achievement, and um, you know there's a there's a strong part of me that, that wishes them well to to go all the way in the final. It, it would probably be remiss of me not at that point to say how lovely would it be if they were playing at their Melbourne-based uh, stadium of choice as opposed to. Uh, jumping on a plane with their fans and their <laughs> their, their uh, committees and their cannot their, argue their coaches cannot
0: argue don't wish to argue with you. I concur wholeheartedly. One of the things that uh, the world game has had in this country is that whenever we have had a grand final, uh, which is a very Australian way of finishing the season, because for me, like uh, like most of the football fans in the world, we know that it's first past the post. Correct? Sure. Yeah. Uh, because it shows your ability to take all the buffeting. It, it tells you how you cope with different uh, formats trying to play against you, and it shows us that you're resilient. Even with injuries and other things, you, you're buoyant and you survive. That's, that's what a great championship uh, season is all about. It's not going mm, through unbeaten, as Arsenal did in that famous time when under Arsene Wenger when most of the British press couldn't understand what Arsene Wenger was doing. In fact, a great many of the old football heads were saying, this guy is crazy.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: He's saying to them, no chips, no beer. no." How are they supposed to hydrate? Well, (laughs) they all learnt, in fact, that they are now the go-to diet plan, aren't they, for every footballer in the world? Yeah, yeah, it certainly changed. So they were ahead of their certainly. time. But bring us back. Let me let me ask you before we go any further. I've got to know where's your DNA from? Where's your football DNA? Where did it start? Was it grandpa? Was it dad? Was it you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, well it was all three and I'll extend it on to, to my four kids as well. But uh yeah, Dad uh well, in fact if I go all oh, back to granddad, he was yeah, the uh, Pub Doctor of Bristol City Football Club. Wow. So, uh, um, you know, and that was during the, the uh, time of the war. I'm probably going to age both he, my dad, and myself now. But anyway, <laughs> um, I just won't say which war it was. Correct. Um, that'll, yeah, that'll good point. Weird. Yeah,
0: but is uh, nodding. So, Pekua is nodding. Yeah. She goes, Was there a war? <laughs> no, that's okay. My so dad was
1: born in, uh, in Leeds in, in the UK and uh, was a proud Yorkshireman for the few years that they, they lived there. But um, you know, as was the the case back in the day, um, you, you lived in different places and you followed the different team that you that you supported. So he was originally a Leeds fan, which uh, our friends Vaduca and Kill would be happy with. Yep. Uh, and then uh, they moved to Bristol, as I said, um, and suddenly Bristol City became the, uh, the the flavor of the day. And they ultimately ended up in Bournemouth, and so uh, Bournemouth was, I think, fourth division at that stage. Uh, and And um, you know, no one had heard of them unless you lived there. Um, so then they uh, they came across to Australia um, as a, a whole family of the old uh, ten pound pom scenario as it was back in the day, um, and eventually Dad started to play for a club called Sandringham City Soccer Club as it was back then. Uh, they wore the claret and blue and they were nicknamed the Hammers. And oh, yeah. uh, no surprise when we relocated back to the UK for a little while that uh, my love was in East London uh, with, the, with the team of the same name. So um, and you know beyond that um, I've. I've kicked the ball around since I could walk and stopped doing it, you know, only very recently because I, I can't walk anymore. Uh, <laughs> I know and, that uh, feeling. My, uh, <laughs> the heart's still there, right? George? Yeah, correct. Seems, Absolutely right. You can do the head yeah. thinks you're up for the cup final. That, that's, uh,
0: that's actually the really good point. My head, yeah. my wife will tell you, um, he still thinks he can do it. I played in yeah. a charity game a number of years ago that George Columbaris had organised. Uh, it was a, a collective media team playing a group of restaurateurs and others, right? And they had a pretty good side. I mean, they're all a quarter of our age. But we thought, you know, we thought, hey, we've got this covered. And I played in goals, uh, which is my preferred position, and I had a really good game. Uh, But as my wife will remind everyone who asks – it took me two and a half weeks to get to move again, <laughs> and I had to walk
2: was it worth from it, Olympic,
0: George? yeah, it was worth every moment. I had to walk from Olympic Park, I left my car at Olympic Park, I had to walk to Port Melbourne and if you ask me why because I knew the minute I walked I got in the car couldn't move. and had driven to Port Melbourne I wouldn't be able to get out of the car <laughs> they'd have to they 'd have to pry me. Prime me loose. Uh, so it's I walked then, oh, it, No, it was all right. It was good. I got the lactic acid out <laughs> and my wife brought me back and we picked up the car, you know, the next, that evening. So it was all right. But what I'm saying, what I'm trying to explain is that our head still thinks that we are as we were, 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah, we can do it. We can do it. It's just the body's not so willing anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah, yeah. Sure.
0: Okay, so, so you, the time when you went back to Britain and you uh, went back to East London and, and, and followed West Ham, who were some of the people who were playing at the time? Well, the now hammers. I am going
1: to age myself. Go uh, on. So I can, tell you, I can tell you that I was very uh, proud to have my hair rubbed by the great Bobby Moore, the late oh, great Bobby yes. Moore. Uh, now, I, I'm almost having had Dad tell me that because my memory was somewhat faded. But, uh, wow. uh, yeah, um, you know, back in the day there was the Trevor Brookings and Billy Bonds yes. and yes. Uh, Bobby Ferguson's and Frank Lampard Sr., not yeah. the... Uh, the questionable manager that's uh, on, a, on a bit of a bad track at the moment. But, uh, but yeah, it's actually it's – so it's I'm glad you said questionable
0: that, manager. Uh, Pakua's been saying to yeah. me, how do you bring him back <laughs> to coach Chelsea?
2: Don, yeah. Don, if it was in any other profession, you couldn't be that bad at your job and continue to get contracts. Like, it's just not possible. This man <laughs> yeah. is an anomaly. It's He is a legend. But I hope they beat Man City. So. Uh, <laughs> the city.
0: That's the arsenal in her talking. Yeah.
2: I'm Can, not you, yeah. mention, Can well, you hear I'm it? I'm not going to mention you're a West Ham. I'm not going to speak about you being a West Ham fan.
1: Right. Okay. Well, we won't go into references to penalty decisions yeah. this morning or anything. Well done. Well done. Yeah. well
0: done. Well yeah. done. So let's get back oh, onto please. this. Now, let's get back to please. this. Was the, sure. you, you gave us a clue about the genesis. You gave us a clue about uh, when this uh, messaging out of uh, APL, out of the Australian Professional Leagues, came out in, in, in the most, uh, I won't say – um, crazy way, but it came out of nowhere. I, I thought the timing was, was bizarre, but I also thought the messaging was off kilter. It didn't resonate at a time when the game was just coming out of a World Cup at, in Qatar where the Socceroos had done every Australian proud. Uh, and mm. and rem- remember, going into the World Cup, uh, all we could think about is how badly we're going to be embarrassed uh, Graham Arnold, who would dare pick him as, as a coach for the Socceroos? And what did we see? We saw a marvelous representation performed by that whole squad. They, they lifted. They, they gave us so many moments to be proud about. And for a millisecond in that game against Argentina, there was a young Australian who almost scored a goal that would have scared every Argentinian's heart. Uh, Hmm. we saw that young man, Garren Quall, he hit the target. The goalkeeper did a remarkable jog to cover. Had it gone in, it would have been 2-2. What were you thinking at that time? Were you watching?
1: I was about um, 15 metres away from the keeper's left shoulder. Oh, get away.
0: um, You were lucky enough to be in Qatar.
1: Yeah, I was front row... In fact, there's a there's a, a very inappropriate photo shown of me. If you've ever <laughs> seen a sad-looking Australian fan... <laughs> that uh, was
0: it.
1: It was the angle taken, and, of course, it got sent to me by hordes of, of mates and friends that had seen mm. it. But, uh, look, that was probably one of the... Pre- I, I, I've i been lucky enough now to go to five World Cups. So I, w- I went to that, the, the fir- or at least our second, but the first of this, this run when yep. we went to Germany in 06. And you talk about going over expecting that we might be humbled and embarrassed. You know, we were playing Brazil uh who who obviously need no further explanation. Also Japan, who were yep. the Asian champions, yep. and Croatia, who I think were ranked something like twelfth at the time. Correct. So yep. you know, please don't hammer us. Don't let us come away with a six, seven, eight nil defeat and, and come home to Australia and everyone says I told you we were rubbish at that game. Yep, um, yep. instead we we go and qualify for the round of sixteen and it was a it was a party from the day we arrived uh all the way through <laughs> until the day that we left despite uh our friend uh, Grosso and the uh, the incident with Lucas Neal that ultimately was to our demise, but um, you know, so multiple World Cups later, I, I share exactly what you've just said that we've we're in um, Qatar, we we've got a team that we're not sure is going to qualify. Was destined never to qualify through the, the the playoff route that we we sent ourselves on, uh, and instead we go and repeat history and we we um, uh, qualify for the round of sixteen again. And to your point, come within seconds of potentially. Uh, scaring the pants off uh, <laughs> off Lionel Messi and uh, and Argentina, and, and I can tell you that you know fortunate enough, privileged enough to be in the stadium. The way they celebrated on that day was the biggest breath of sigh of relief I've seen from you know yeah, world you champions mm. uh, of the past. They they dodged a bullet, um, and they uh, knew it. You know we play them twenty times, and we'd uh, uh, we, we'd get hammered on more occasions than we care to admit. But on the big stage, when it really counted, we stood up and. You know, even Aziz Baich could have uh, could have won it for yeah. us as well with his little major yeah. run everybody, into the box, every,
2: so. Sorry, Don, sorry to interrupt you, but everybody always forgets about the Aziz Baich chance. Like, that, that opportunity stands out way more oh, yeah. to me than the Garen Quoll yeah. one because he there was such an incredible, like, I, I don't sequence know, of events for him. I'm to not going there. to
0: disagree with you, but I think where the Garen Quoll moment was, the actual expertise to bring the ball down yeah. and and actually hit it with venom uh, that was that that requires skill yes that was really skillful moment and remember it was at a telling time that's when most people shrink this young man did not shrink correct don
1: absolutely he yeah. gave us every um, chance and to be fair every you know there was there wasn't a poor player on the park No,
0: um, no. It, it was
1: it, it's lovely i always sort of feel when you head off on these overseas ventures and you're lucky enough to go along to uh, to things like World Cups and even World Cup qualifiers, et cetera, that you're almost behind enemy lines, you know. You're, <laughs> you're, you're battling with your troops and you've gone to, to this foreign land. Um, what is also awesome, and uh, Qatar, as we know, was very different based on the close proximity of all of the teams that were competing in the, in the, in the tournament, but to be getting on buses and trams and trains and, and, and walking the streets and the markets and having people call out because they're seeing you wearing the green and gold Australian shirt and they know that that you know that, that you you know they're calling out with a degree of pride because yeah. we, we performed above, above and beyond what was expected and you know the world noticed that and it's lovely that fellow football fans from from uh, other countries you know chose to to give some recognition to that as well it was a it was a great feeling very very proud to be on the plane flying home but you know that that's I guess where this was all leading to that we've come away from the best possible experience we we could have anticipated coming I mean I remember being. Uh, if, if jealous is the right word, <laughs> watching the vision of places like Federation Square, and I'm having to say, Don, you're here, you're at the game. Yeah. Why are you, you know, uh, wishing? You feeling a envious? I yeah,
2: can, I can confirm Federation Square was very nice. I was there for two yeah. of the nights. She even, was even the Argentina she, loss. It was still a great, great time. Yeah, and it
0: was yeah. chilly. And it, Don, unlike you, you're in a you're in a singlet or a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, uh, so many was was well rugged up. Uh, by the way, for those of you who've just joined us on Football Nation Radio. We're talking to um, the chairperson, Don Sutherland, of what is a brand new organisation. It's Football Supporters Association Australia, and in and inverted commas, Inc. And uh, we're getting a, a sense of uh, the passion, the energy, and why this brand new organisation, FSAA or FSA, has come from um, six or five or six states covered uh, in the current, um, uh, bylaws of, uh, FSAA. Five at the moment, George. Five. Yeah. Mm. So we're looking for n- new entities, new people
1: to come on board. Yeah. What, what we, um, are obviously seeking to do is to attract more and more members. The more members we have, the more voices we, we get to hear and understand the more we can distill what are the most important parts that people want addressed, um, and will will it always meet everyone's expectations? I don't know. Certainly it's our goal to be as representative of the diverse football community as we can be and to be sure that we're listened. Um, it's okay to make noise, but uh, you've got to be listened. So we want people to come on board as members. We want those members to participate to the very best of, of their own ability. And when the general um, meeting comes up, the, gen- the annual general meeting comes up, each of the positions, as I said before, the office bearers and the committee will become vacant and, and the voting process will kick in again. So if, uh, if you don't like what you see, uh, roll your sleeves up and get on board. If you do like what you see, roll yeah. your sleeves up and contribute and, and support the, the, the campaign. Um, I think the, the easiest thing to do is to not get involved. Um, now, equally, there are many voices, um, uh, very um, positive, uh, critical voices within the football community today. Um, it, it, this is not in any way, shape or form designed to uh, overrule those or to exclude those or to uh, in any way, you know, um, take a higher position. What we want are the voices of football supporters to be heard. And so, you know, we encourage everyone to continue to remain involved, to maintain the the passion that uh, they they show within their own clubs or, you know, whether that's, at an A leagues level, or it's at an NPL level, or it's grassroots. Um, that passion is what drives it. It's what gets sponsors on board. It's what gets broadcasters on board. It's what turns the game into the spectacle that we, we see all around the world and, uh, and we, we want on our shores. And we've had it. We've had to varying levels at various, um, you know, stadiums, stadiums around the, the country. We've seen that type of atmosphere, um, to come back from. Where we were talking before about the, the, the absolute roller coaster ride of, of Qatar to see what happened both over there and locally across Australia and to suddenly find within weeks that we are on our knees in uh, devastation at um, events that took place. Um, what triggered it? Why? How? Um, I think we, we don't know. And it ultimately ended up in, in perhaps a, a protest that, that simply got out of hand and, um, I don't think there's anyone that ever wants to see that in Australian football ever again. So one of the things that I think is very true about this is that we can't change the past. And, and that we is the royal we. It's not just the FSAA. It's, it's everyone that, that, that carries a torch for the game and that is passionate about the game. We can't change what's happened, but we can certainly change what happens in the future. Mm. And and it's critically important that the process of, of consultation, um, and, and of understanding the, the messaging that's come from those people who are, as I said before, the paying customers within this game, that they are listened to, or you won't have them. Now this is this is at every level. You know, if you want to go down to club levels within within any given state in Australia or territory within Australia, if that club doesn't listen to its fans, you know, we know what's going to happen. And we know that when when it doesn't go well, sponsors leave. And then you've got to go and find new ones. And I think it's the old story that it takes you five times the amount of effort to to win back lost customers than it does to to keep them, so we're losing football supporters, or at least those that are attending you know major games. We're losing them left, right, and centre, and they're bitter, and they're angry, and they're upset, and so we we need to make sure that we can bolster together as as one solid group of football supporters. And, and as, as I say, there are multiple um, uh, supporter groups already in place, and they're all doing you know wonderful jobs. They're all trying really hard to to get their voice we just want to join in with that and if we can go through the the various football governing bodies of football australia and the apl and and we can we can get some attention even more important that we get the membership up because we you know the more people there are that can feed us what's critically important to them the the more impactful and helpful we can be to the football community
2: don i, I wanted to ask you just you mentioned the APL, I was wondering, what would, do you foresee, obviously as the chairperson, the working relationship between your organisation and the APR? What do you like envision that to look like?
1: Um, well, I think there needs to be regularity of communication, um, and uh, that probably requires a conversation with with the likes of Danny Townsend to to confirm what regularity looks like. But um, I don't think what we want, and I don't think it will work, is to sit at the table, you know, once have a really good chat, high-five each other, hmm. decide that we've now got a, a model that's going to work, and then we just watch the, the flower die because it's not being watered. So regularity, is it quarterly? Is it, you know, uh, a six-monthly? I, I think that would probably be about as much as it could be. Hmm. But I, I need to be respectful also of the process to understand what is reasonable, feasible, um, and, and manageable from all of those stakeholders. But it has to be on, a, on an ongoing basis and this is as much about building foundation pillars of trust respect recognition um uh, accountability you know they're all they're all in any i think strong relationship whether that's marital or business or or sporting those key pillars have to be in place you you can't have the tail wagging the dog you can't have the dog wagging the tail you can't have a, a scenario where um people aren't respectful for the positions of authority that they're in for the governing responsibilities that they have but just as equally, you can't walk away from a conversation, agree on outcomes, and then not deliver. Yeah. So one of the things that I want the football supporter community and, and all stakeholders in the game, there's this new wacko group called the FSAA, and no one really knows who we are. And if I'm really <laughs> honest, we don't really know who we are yet either because we're you know five minutes old and we, we, we have a vision and we really want to try and make this work. But if all we do is talk about it, um, this will this will last as as long as it took to get it up and running, and it'll fall over just as quickly. So we need to be measured based on results, and we need to be measured based on um, you know what it is that we're able to achieve in consultation with all of the various important stakeholders across the the community. Um, and then I think you get credibility, and then you know, hopefully you start to see people say, you know what, I probably wouldn't. I didn't really think they were going to do what I wanted them to do. I didn't really think I was going to be a part of it, but. They seem like they're, they're having some headway and maybe I should, I should join up and get involved. And my, my request on behalf of the committee is get involved early. Don't, don't wait. Don't sit back. Um, I, I love not just the diverse makeup of the committee that we have, but of the opinions that we have within it. And, you know, everything we're trying to do is to be as respectful to each other because I think this and you think that. Well, hang on. Is there a midpoint where we can, and do we need a vote on it? And should we, you know, find some way that as a collective group, we can agree this might be the next stage for us to move further forward? And that's, you know, I, I sort of say this all the time, go down the pub after the game with with a host of even your supporters and the opposition fans. Uh, and one of the, the great experiences that that I've had a couple of times is being in Wellington. Um who I, I rate as as possibly the best uh welcoming home support that I've ever encountered. Wow. They don't if you know either of you know this, but they take you to their pub after the game. <laughs> uh and the team arrive and they have their dinner and the coaches arrive and they all have their dinner upstairs and they come around and, and mingle and chat. Uh it was almost impossible to buy a beer because these guys were it was just jugs appearing on on the the tables and that was through their hospitality. So I know this is specifically about Australia, but I hope there's a few uh Uh, phoenix fans that that know that 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 type of behavior was more than appreciated not just by the the times i've been there i know it happened on a recent trip but go in that pub and talk about what did you think about the game what do you think about football what do you think about the hierarchy the leadership the sponsorship the broadcast partner that yeah it goes on and on and on and a whole chunk of people agree about a whole lot of stuff and a few others say i don't know i've got a different opinion what we're wanting to do is to understand what all those opinions are distill them prioritize them and then act upon them as best as as we're capable of doing Don Sutherland you
0: took me back uh, while you're talking about the uh, Wellington Phoenix experience when you you as a traveling fan went over and got a chance to be taken to their local uh, pubs and clubs um, in the golden days when uh, we when I was president at South Melbourne one of the, the most wonderful parts of the game win lose or draw, was when we opened the dining room to the visitors, and we fed them. Uh, we looked after them, made sure that their bus was ready to go, and that wonderful conviviality. Convivial, I can't even say it. Those that that, that coming together of mm. winner, loser, uh, or, or at least uh, um, uh, opponents, and we fed them, uh, and 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 you made sure you swapped stories. And uh, you, you saw from some of their sponsors and some of their older fans who were regulars at your ground that they enjoyed that experience as much as anyone else. So yeah. it's, it's great to hear that. And uh, well done to Wellington Phoenix that have had to endure some incredible uh, hardships, especially during the midst of COVID when so many of them had to uh, make a base for themselves in Wollongong. And uh, play away from their families and friends, and they did it week in, week out, and they were pretty good. And yes, also say they did it well too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I've watched now. There's a there's a new manager uh, about to take over, um, and to Ufuk Tuley, who I thought did a most admirable job, especially when he had to take over from uh, from Marco. Um, he did okay. He uh, he made them competitive. They played some terrific football. And um, a couple of times they, got, they were dudded as well. The, the bounce of the ball, mm. the, the, uh, the occasional VAR moment, uh, <laughs> or the referee looking um, askance at maybe uh, from his perspective, he didn't think it was the decision that they definitely deserved. But it's most interesting to hear you speak. I, I love very much uh, the collaborative effort that you're offering up. Um, has Football Australia reached out to you of... Or have you reached out to Football Australia?
1: Yep, we uh, we reached out to. Um, I feel like I keep repeating myself, when I talk about stakeholders and so on. But but you know, anyone that that uh, from from uh, the the media uh, contingent to um, Football Australia, and a number of people within Football Australia to the APL, um, to several of the clubs, um, and there's probably a chunk of people I've missed in the in the middle of there. Yep. And it was really out of respect to give them a heads up as to. Uh, what it was that we would be doing when we were launching the um, uh, the association uh, yesterday. And, uh, and a number have reached out uh, and meetings are, are being scheduled, um, uh, have been earlier today than they were yesterday. So uh, I think within the next, certainly, month, and uh, the PFA are involved in that as well, um, uh, and have welcomed the opportunity to sit and talk as as fans and and uh, players, um, being integral to the sort of the heartbeat of decision-making within the, the football world. Um, the, yeah, it's, it's been um, uh, a process of, of uh, discovery that I think over the next, uh, you know, two to four weeks, I'll, I'll have a much clearer understanding and, and the rest of the committee members as to um, when and who and how we'll sit down with people and, and start to share um, our, our hopes and dreams for the football supporters of Australia. What, are the, what do you want from the
0: fans? What do you want from the football supporters next? You're, as you say, you announced yesterday that you were setting it up and you're up, and and as you say, you're on air,
1: and we've got you on FNR. What's next? Um, I, I think you, you can be guilty of making ambitions too grand in um, <laughs> the moment that you do, uh, uh, you know, and they don't work. It, that's the West
0: Ham fan speaking,
1: see? We don't have any ambitions. We just, <laughs> we just, we just hang around for a while. Um, so it, when I keep talking about a voice, that that quickly aligns with a seat at the table. Uh, a, a real genuine, you know, um, leather embossed seat, or or a mythical seat, but but we need a voice, and we need to be regularly um, at, at a decision making consultative process. And if that can happen, whether it happens super quick, whether it happens um, over a period of time, then I think it it's given um, a very positive uh, boost to. The, the inception of the Football Supporters Association of Australia, if we can get to that far. Now, others have got that far. So, again, I, the last thing I want to do is to be disrespectful of those yep. that are continuing to try to get the voice. There's There's been so much that has taken place. And make a difference.
0: Um, and make a difference. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I try and say this in a manner that isn't insulting to to anyone's intelligence, but um, if I were on the the side of the team that was was part of a governing body, um, and let's call that therefore the company. Yep. And I knew that my customers, today's football supporters, had a strong opinion. Not only would I want to understand it, but I want to do whatever I could to try and um, deliver on it. Now, if that's not doable, and there's a whole lot of stuff. That sometimes we don't know. There are financial constraints. There yep. are, um, you know, conflicts of interest. There's a whole lot of things that go into the fabric of these decisions being made. But at least share what the decision is, how it came about, and, and why. Mm. And I think you can walk away from those conversations and go, okay, I didn't quite get what I wanted, but yep. I understand why. And if you don't like the answer why, there should be an opportunity to to at least challenge that and see if there's a different way of doing it. And, you know, I think the nature of humans getting together in a room, the very first <laughs> idea is not always the one that gets put in, put into to action, right? Um, yep. You know, there's there, this is why a voice is important. This is why a debate is important. This is why consultation is important um, because it would be a, I don't know, a very dangerous game, I think, to play it um, solo. And I, and I and I worry that that's potentially uh, where we could get to and, and may have got to and may have to unravel um, if we can't sit around a table um, uh, and nut out some of these issues and, and seek positive change. Because at the end of the day, Uh, that's how we'll be measured, as I said before. It'll be, you know, on on what actions took place and and what achievements, uh, you know, could be ticked off.
2: Now, obviously, Don, uh, there's obviously lots, I think anybody in any aspect of football would agree there's lots of places we need to, to keep moving forward in order for the game to grow and for the game to be sustainable and healthy. Is there anything that you see currently now that you that you're happy with. Like obviously like I uh, for me when I look at like the Adelaide crowds and things like oh, that. I, I love seeing the pictures of that and seeing the atmosphere in Central Coast and things like that. Is there anything at the moment that you think is like needs to stay in place as we continue the journey of growth in the game?
1: Yeah, I think what what you've um highlighted is exactly what's good about our game and arguably is is a point of significant difference between um, our football and, and any other code and potentially any other sport like stand on the terrace sit in the, in the sides and and listen and maybe even better participate mm. in that noise you know i don't want to get all cliche but the hair on my arms are standing on end as yeah, i talk yeah, about yeah. it. it's oh. magical stuff you know i I raised four kids on the terrace uh, for my sins. I'm a Melbourne Victory fan, so <laughs> we've just lost half your readership. Uh, you no, know, no, 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 you no, no. No, look, we're all we're all saddled up with someone, right? Um, we've so, said,
0: we've said, we've said from day one we, when FNR was started six seven years ago. Um, I can remember the early days of the um, uh, of the fan base at Victory that were mighty because the club was flying uh, on and off the pitch, and Uh, Going as a City fan, going to, as it was then, Etihad was a serious decision because I knew I'd have to endure uh, real noise, uh, real singing, uh, and and huge crowds. And I've I've said to Pakua, one of the highlights of those those contests was a night when Ferran Soriano, who's the head honcho at Manchester City, flew down. Uh, and he was our guest uh, at, uh, at Etihad, and he sat there. Was, I think it was about 50, 55,000, and he, he was, he, his phone kept ringing, and he didn't want to answer it uh, for, for a number of reasons. One, because he was here on business, and he wanted to see what the crowds were doing. He wanted to enjoy the contest, and he wanted to learn what else they could do to make football down under successful. Uh, so there's a man steeped in the uh, in the traditions of some of the best contests in the world. He started, of mm. course, at Barcelona, and uh, and uh, and then took that expertise to the City Group. Um, and he was he was you could see he was watching and delighted by what he was seeing. He didn't like the score, but he was professional enough to understand it was a gripping contest, won well by a victory that was you know, just going through that golden phase. And to see see you guys where you are at the moment, it's a tough one, but there are good people there. I'm sure they will. It's like everything else, like life. It's cyclical. And if you make some good decisions in the off-season and you you get a bit lucky and you also get a chance to advance some of your youngsters, give them a bit more airtime, you get, you get some tremendous results. We're watching – uh, Pakura and I have watched with great interest the efforts of the Central Coast Mariners. Nick Montgomery has has bred a group of fighters, and their fans have loved it. Mm. They're some of the best fans in the, in the yeah. country, as are as are uh, Carl Viet's uh, um, fans at uh, at what they call Cooper's Stadium. <laughs> and what a crop of youngsters! And that 17-year-old, he does things that defy gravity. Uh, Don Sutherland?
1: Yes, he does. Yeah. And he does that when he plays Melbourne Victory as well, which uh, <laughs> much to my disappointment. But, uh, you know, that, your your question around uh, what's good about it, it's exactly what we're talking about. It, the, the nucleus is there for football to return to the dizzy heights that it's been, you know, whether it's club to club or it's at, at international level, uh, you know, following the Socceroos or the Matildas. Um, there is such a strong following. Let's make sure that we harness them. Let's make sure that they come back onto the terraces. Let's make sure that stadiums are in the in the nicest way, are intimidating for for opposition uh, teams, etc. Because that's what's different about our game. Um, mm. And and I I almost enjoy the fact that people outside of our game don't get that. Mm. They don't understand why you have to have an away end. And a, but that's where the camaraderie and the noise and the mateship and you know it all kicks in. Um, and it turns it into a unique sporting environment that uh, i've taken um followers from footy from from rugby league uh and stood on the terrace and uh you know some of the comments that, that like this is unbelievable <laughs> so that's what's good it's happening mm. at, at coopers it's you know sydney's numbers have uh have looked a little more uh um upbeat this this year as well with obviously the new Allianz stadium um you know it, it's it's happening there as well the, the other good things that are uh, happening. Of, and I think I saw today, um, Brisbane Roar have, have created a forum for their fans to get closer to, to their club. I know that Melbourne Victory, um, have that. I was, I was part of one of the original, uh, subcommittees uh, some time ago now. But, you know, there's, there's another good thing. And, and I say that respectfully without knowledge as to whether other clubs are doing that as well, but they should be. And now I'm stuck in talking about A League. Is that happening, you know, at, at, MPL level? Is it happening across the country? Um, what else is good about the game? There's there's talk now of a national second division. Mm. Uh, more than talk, there's there's the potential for promotion and relegation. Now you can start getting into the, does everyone agree that's a good thing? And, mm. and is it the right thing for sport within Australia or our sport within Australia? E- either way, these are the good things. We've been talking about a lot of stuff that is going to continue to differentiate this sport so it can be celebrated in its own unique way that doesn't exist anywhere else. You know, pick. And I, I love all sports, to be honest. Um, I was a phys ed teacher 100 years ago, so I sort <laughs> of have a, a foundation in sport. Um, but but there's no one getting promoted or relegated. Uh, and and pick whichever illustrious team in whichever uh, other other code you want, and say next year when they finish bottom, they're playing in a state based regional league. It's it just defies description, um, yeah. You know, and belief. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. but you know, now we'll we'll pop around to European or South American clubs and watch what happens there. Go look in the third tier and the fourth tier, and how many clubs that were once at the dizzy heights of their top league uh, are now struggling somewhere. And then you look at stories like Wrexham, you oh, know, and no oh. you know they, they got a massive injection of uh, of Hollywood's funds, but yeah, yeah, um, it, it's it's the stuff dreams are made of. So I want NPL clubs, um, uh, lower level clubs. Um, male and female to dream of the big time, to dream of being able to get the resources together, get a foundation together, get get the uh, the, the playing group together, and reach for the stars. And, and fans go with you on that journey, you know. And that's that's a terrific um, opportunity that we've got within our game. And you know, this this isn't dead. This this got maimed badly, um, wounded. Um, but if if the right uh, medical procedure is applied to it, we can we can revive it. I'm I'm so sure of that so sure of that and uh and I keep saying I but I'm I'm very comfortable that I'm speaking on behalf of the the committee and and of the football supporters at large um sadly we have seen some people walk away and uh, and and have openly said on social media that's it I'm done um this is not for me anymore for for a host of different reasons so I sort of feel it's incumbent on all the rest of us left together to create a, a world that they want to come back to create yeah. an environment because you know, for some people, that's 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 all they get to do at weekends. Um, you know, go along and support their team, and uh, they work hard and they're committed to families, and but that's their moment. So we've got to we've got to do everything we can to turn football back into being the the magnet that draws happy, um, participating, uh, you know, loud, noisy, passionate fans, um, and get them back in the stadiums everywhere that the game is played.
0: It's been our pleasure at Football Nation Radio to uh, catch up with uh, a newly minted organisation. <laughs> Um, the FSAA and uh, to speak to their chair. Um, uh, Don Sutherland, we wish you uh, every success. I think you're onto something. I think, you know, timing is of the essence. There are things, there are some great ideas that have come along in the past and the time wasn't right for them. The, Mm. uh, The atmosphere just wasn't conducive. I have a sneaky feeling, my friend, that this might be the right time. And it may well be that there are some tremendous people, and, and I know from Blaine and others, Blaine Treadgold that there are some good people and they mean well and they want the, the game to not only get back up, but they want it to prosper. We have a Women's World Cup. We have a chance to create a whole new chapter for the game. And I'm also reminded that the day after Anzac Day, we found the Anzac Trophy. Yeah,
2: the mm-hmm.
0: Football Ashes, right? Australia has found the Ashes Trophy that was played, I think it was 1921. Was it 1921? The, I think uh, it was lost in
1: 1955 yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it's now found and apparently is in tremendous nick. So this may well be another omen, a really good omen, Don. And can mm-hmm. I just thank say once again thank you, you for much. taking the time to take us through on this journey to give us a sense of, what you and your cohort are all about
1: uh, if anyone wants to join h- how simple or how hard is it Oh uh, very simple just jump onto the uh, the web page um, fsaaus.com and there's a join page and it's uh you know all, all we want and we've got all of the privacy policies in place etc all we want is name email and state so that we can understand that we're fully uh, capturing uh, an area and if we're capturing more from one area and less from another you know we'll reassess whether we need to to try to um, promote more so in certain regions and we can get a, a truly diverse representative group of football supporters uh, on board and I suppose from the other perspective
0: too it's a way for you to go to to sponsors and to organizations like the APL and and to Football Australia and say look at the numbers look at yeah. the cross yeah. cr- the cross section of fans that, and supporters that we've got and yeah. uh, maybe it'll help them listen.
1: Uh, well, well I, I certainly hope so, him. and you know, <laughs> I do want to thank both of you, Pakura and, and George, for the very generous amount of time that you've given to, to discussion. I've thoroughly enjoyed the football chat. Uh, that's probably why we we all want stuff to happen in the game right. because we, we love the, the, the game, and so lovely to chat with you. Thank you again for the time you've given, and to anyone that's out there that wants to make a difference, join up, get involved, um, and we'll all go on this journey together.
0: First time with Don Sutherland, it will not be the last. Thank you, my friend, and all the very, very best. Good on you, George. Thanks so much. Can Cheers, you, Can you imagine, Pakura, that I said that to a Victory fan?
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow. Oh, gee, He's sitting there smirking now. <laughs> no, he spoke beautifully. And uh, can I just say, uh, we, we want this sort of discussion. We want this sort of support. And as Don just alluded to, if you believe and love the game as we do, get on board. Don't be passive. Don't, don't sit on your hands. Nothing worse. Get out there. Participate. Get involved. No point being a, a smug and, and a critic from outside. If you you want to be a critic, get in. Yeah. Get in there and be a critic. But don't sit outside and, and take pot shots of people yeah. who are making an effort and are prepared to put their – their, their time and their energy into it. it. It's so important. And we can bring this game back together.
2: Absolutely. I, and the
0: women have a great chance to be front row and centre, Yeah,
2: Absolutely. And I think that's no matter where you your perspective is in terms of football or from wherever position that you hold within the game – we all want the game to grow. We want the game to have a, what, a bigger audience. We want more people at the grounds. We yep. want more engagement on every We aspect. want more
0: federal funds and state funds. <laughs> state governments keep telling us they've got no money. But every time the AFL asks, somehow the shortfall of $240 million can be met. I'm fascinated. How does that happen? Are we talking about Tassie? We're talking about Tasmania, yeah, yes. We're talking government. about a federal government that Jim Chalmers has told us that these are very trying times, but suddenly 240 million well, can I, be found.
2: I think for us in like in terms of our – football We our, need a voice. Our version of football, our football, uh, I think it's, it's all about growing our game. And if we focus on ourselves, then the, we will attract more people to want to – Feed into our game, and it'll be. Become... You're sounding
0: like Don Sutherland.
2: <laughs> no, but it, but it's it's true. No, he's like, right. Yeah, Spot if, on. If we if we grow and we fix the things that we have to fix, and yep. we work on the thing like the little aspects, and and we get build and get better, our game will be in a stable place, and it will attract and more people have more faith in us, and and the game will be a really competitive league in this country, and it doesn't have to be competing with the Premier League or La Liga or all no, these no, big no. competitions. It's just got to be good at what it's what. It is. And yep. we have seen recently that the young talent are exciting and people want to go Fantastic. and see young players who are exciting, who are on the cusp of being something special. If Yeah, they writing their own chapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have to feed into that and create uh, that.
0: And with that in mind, madam, uh, you know what's happening on the weekend. Oops. It's the, the final of yes. the Liberty Women's A-League. Yeah. And as you touched on nearly all of season, it's Western United up against... Sydney,
2: yeah.
0: So who gets the chocolates? Oh the
2: yes, the, the cocoa, the cocoa, cocoa, cocoa blacks. Black, the who gets Scotland. the cocoa blacks? Uh, I, I think the favourites are Sydney. Oh,
0: I don't want to hear the favourites. I want you to give me the definitive call from Pukur Frimpong.
2: Well, these team only faced two weeks ago. I will go.
0: Yes, go on.
2: Western United 1-0. That's what I'm going to go with.
0: Oh, Don Sutherland is sitting there yeah. looking, going, yes, yeah, Western, wow. uh, Western
2: United, uh, it's going to be, I think that either if Sydney has to score first, yep. if Sydney score first, then it becomes a blowout. But if I think if Western United can hold on, they will only win by one goal. Coach
0: That's of it. the year, women's?
2: Uh, Coach of the year has to go to Mark Torcaso. I think it's very difficult for him not to go to him. Ante's okay. done an incredible yep. job with Sydney FC, yep. but... Mark's first year in the competition. They've made a grand final. I think he's pretty- okay. I
0: know we've got a few weeks to go for the men's, but men's coach of the year.
1: Um,
0: would cool. you would you put Rado Vidosic in there, yeah, or I, 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 would you be looking at Nick Montgomery and saying Nick, from where yeah. you guys have been and where you are right now? You've got to Nick be a thing, serious I think, contender. I, I
2: think Nick Montgomery and uh, Calveat have all both got. Like, and Calveat, yeah, t- touche. I think it's hard, even though it is obviously Rado's first season with the men's. I think it's quite difficult because Melbourne City have such a strong side, and yep, they, have, yep, yep. you know, I know they didn't win. And the by the way, final last we, year, we should
0: acknowledge uh, a young man uh, by the name of Jamie McLaren.
2: Yeah, uh, Has too.
0: made himself the preeminent A League scorer or poacher. Uh, uh, in the history of the of the game, not in the history of the broader game, there are uh, there's a guy called Damien Murray, yes. who scored about a hundred more goals, and he had a ferocious nose for goals. Yeah, and I, I could tell you, I remember Damien growing up, watching him as a youngster, and then I thought, oh, this poor kid, if only he knew where the goalposts were, where he found a way.
2: Yes, it, it was. Um, it was. It's funny to see on social media when. It, like they put the all time and yeah, then yeah, Jamie yeah. is number two, and there's yep. lots of people who had no idea who it was. I'm going to be honest; I didn't know who he, he was, and I had to do some some googling and things like that. <laughs> but uh, I think that's I think that's that stuff like that's really important. I think we shouldn't forget no, the absolutely. the past of the way the game was before, and we should always try our best to incorporate it because there are fans of that era that you can still bring and you can still oh, find absolutely. a thing for them to like about the game now. Yep. So.
0: I, I like that we do, would they, would they did that. I would make sure all our all our NSL stars of the past were given um, guest uh, entry tickets anytime they wanted to come to the A League and make them a part of the the yeah. game the game action that particular day. Feature them, tell yeah, their story, I, I, it'd be that, fantastic. Like, Speaking who- of stories, um, mm-hmm. before we go, uh, I cannot <laughs> I cannot not touch on the happenings <laughs> overnight in the EPL. Um, <laughs> You you guys have had a fantastic season up until right yeah, this moment. This month, What's yeah. going on with your with your boys, the Arsenal? Yes, the gunners.
2: Yes, it's been tough. Are
0: they done or have they still oh, got the, something going on?
2: I think the league next is done. Next three games. I think the league is done unless other people want to do Arsenal favours, but I don't think they are in the business of doing Arsenal any favours. Right. But I think that for us we've actually mathematically, as of this morning, we yes. will qualify for the Champions League next year. Okay. Which is fantastic. Yep. Uh I think for us, so
0: you're twelve it, months behind, but totally, you got it done. Yeah, we got it done. Finally,
2: we got it done. I think this season has been an incredible season. I think we got injuries at a really bad time, and we maybe rode the emotional wave yep. of trying to get to the final a little bit too early, and we just it just the emotional wave didn't carry far enough. Got you. And we got the the Liverpool game, the draw. I think that was the thing that broke us. It, it, it wasn't because we we played really well, but. When you go to a place and you know you need, you don't need to win, but the history of your club going there is not great. You really want to win, and then when we didn't do that, it set a spiral for the West Ham game and the Southampton game, and then we got to this morning, and it was just, it was tough. Speaking but, of
0: yeah. speaking of games that didn't go to plan, what happened this morning with Nottingham Forest <laughs> up against Brighton Hove Albion, uh,
2: George? Your Did guess- you see it coming? No, not a chance. I, I I've Bright- got a
0: friend of mine. Kim Flanagan who's yeah. huge Nottingham Forest and he's had uh, you know almost Anna cereubus he's, uh, he's been there are times when he they'd win a game and he'd go yeah hallelujah uh, I, I I haven't been able to reach him because yeah. I think he's <laughs> he's 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 in orbit at the moment yeah, no. he's uh
2: safe and wandering yeah.
0: across the planet feeling like wow we've beaten Brighton Brighton we're invincible Brighton
2: are fantastic there are some there are some top seriously of the, good top players. Of the mid Table sides like the Brighton, Fulham, Aston Villa. Who, Aston Villa looking great good. Great sides that like I genuinely enjoy watching them play games of yeah. football. Nottingham Forest, at the start of the year, I had them booked for going down for relegation. Yeah. Absolutely stepped. And then I've been watching the season. They've been there, sitting there, sitting there. I don't know how they've managed to get themselves out of the relegation zone. So <laughs> I don't like it at all. <laughs> Let's relegate them again so then they can try and get back up.
0: Wow.
2: Let's replace That's them for
0: Burnley. fiery words from yeah, Pakur right. Frimpong. Uh, Pakur, it's been so much fun catching up with Don Sutherland. Uh, to, for us, a terrific opportunity to find out so much more about a brand new organisation. And as we touched on the beginning of the hour, um, Don Sutherland and his crew—they cover five states. They want to cover every state and territory in this country. They can only do it with full-on participation. Get involved, get into it, and uh, we'll get Don back, and he can give us a progress report. In the uh, next month or so, because we've got World Cup happening, we've got we'll have results in the in the A League, and uh, and uh, we'll be able to reflect on your observation about the women's (laughs) A League final. Yes,
2: it'll be good. I'm heading Uh, down for that. So
0: until next week, Uh, where are you off to?
2: I'm heading to Sydney for the game.
0: Right. Yeah. Safe travels.
2: Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Bye for now. See you next time.
0: You're listening to the state of our football nation. On FNR.